interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. Uh, what a week. Uh, you know, if this isn't classic, I don't know what is. I think on Tuesday it was almost 70 degrees. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, it just, uh, the, the big, no, Wednesday, I know. Yeah, Wednesday it was 70 degrees. And then Thursday, all of a sudden, snow. That is so nuts. But, I mean, I know we need the moisture. I'm happy for it. But, wow, how classic Nebraska is that? From almost 70 to snow on the following day. Uh, well, I guess that's just uh, the way it is. Uh, Husker baseball, they're trying to squeeze some stuff in. It's rough, but hopefully they'll be back soon and, and uh, they'll keep their winning ways. Uh, I have uh, a guest today who was, for those of you who listen to other KLIN programs, uh, one of the producers uh, on other uh, programs here is uh, called Johnny Cadillac. Now, I think Cadillac is not his real name. Sometimes people use radio names. And so I'm just going to go on a wild guess here and say it's probably not Cadillac. But he is to you listeners, Johnny Cadillac. And he said, hey, you have pastors on the program all the time. He says, how about having my pastor on the program? I said, well, I haven't met your pastor. I need to meet your pastor. And then he said, my pastor has been there for over 30 years. And I said, I've been in my church for over 30 years. How have we never met how have our paths not crossed? And so today, it's a pleasure to have in the studio uh, Pastor R.D. Fowler. How you doing, R.D.? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. What? Uh, okay, R.D. Fowler. R.D. stands for? R.D. stands for Ricky David. Ricky David. Of course, nobody calls me that except when I'm in trouble. My wife will <laughs> use the word Ricky or Ricky David. Uh, sometimes she says R.D. stands for real dumb, but well, uh, that's but most of the time it's just R.D. So just R.D. Okay, it's funny. There's so many uh, Christian authors who love to be, you know, as A.W. Tozer and J.I. Packer, and everybody's got all their initials in there. Maybe I should, maybe I should change it. I should just be S.L. Kearns. Well, you know, I, I always figured that would be as my uh, ministry grew. It could be R.D. and then R. David. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm yeah. like that. So there you go. There you go. Speaking of ministry, we'll get to this more later. But uh, tell me about your church and where it's at. Yeah, Bethel Baptist Church is at 77th and 8th Streets, right across from the uh, soccer field mm-hmm. at East High. And uh, I've been there. Uh, this is my 32nd year wow. uh, there at Bethel. It's right. my first church, my first and only church. Wow. So did you did you actually start it from scratch? No, no. Yeah, Bethel was started in uh, 1960. Okay. Uh, it was uh, started when the Air Force Base was open. Gotcha. gotcha. And then it was downtown at 28th and S or 28th and R. Mm-hmm. And uh, they moved out to where we are now in about 82, I think it was. Okay. Okay. And then you, uh, so, but you're, so at 82, then your whole ministry has been at, uh, 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 on A Street. Yes. yes. Okay. Now I detect a slight accent. Where, where'd you grow up? Uh, I'm from Georgia. I was born in South Carolina and raised in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd think I'd lose this accent, but because uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody'd be able to tell it now, because that's when people notice it most. Yes, yes. So, uh, I, were you hooting and hollering when the dogs won the uh, football national championship? Then, 
Actually, I'm not a Bulldog fan. Oh. I'm a Georgia Tech fan. Uh, but but I did pull for the Bulldogs. I'm getting older, so I pull for the Bulldogs because I got a lot of family that yeah. are Bulldog fans. So is, I didn't know that. Is is it pretty even down there, uh, Georgia Georgia Tech? No, or it's mostly Georgia. Yeah, mostly Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Because you get into Alabama, and you know you got Alabama Auburn, and uh, there's all these rivalries. Yeah, that... Tech. It's not that way in Georgia. Tech is the small, small school in Atlanta. So yeah, most of the time people just overlook it, but. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you get uh, how'd you get involved in ministry then? I my father had cancer in uh, 1980, 81. He died of cancer. It was only six months that we knew about it. Mm. And uh, we weren't. My maternal grandmother had a had a strong background, uh, but we weren't in church regularly. My dad got saved when I was nine. Mm. Uh, I joined the church when I was nine, but I didn't get saved then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when he had uh, cancer, I guess God began to, to begin to deal with me. I, we worked, I worked at the railroad CSX in Atlanta, and we decided uh, what we thought was going to be a career wasn't going to be a career, and we moved uh, back to be closer to my mom. And uh, things just worked around and mm-hmm. uh, found a little church in South Carolina. Uh, my wife got a job as a correctional officer there, and... Uh, so one thing led to another, and we, we accepted Christ on Memorial Day, both of us, in the living room of our mobile home. Wow. Uh, and uh, joined the church the following Sunday. I think it was June 6th. And then two months later, I guess, on August 12th, I just felt God was calling me to, to ministry. Mm. And so we, we surrendered to that because, and I said ministry, and I still say ministry because I have anxiety, very bad, and I didn't want to preach. Didn't want to be a preacher, mm. so I surrendered to ministry, which was a very generic mm-hmm. kind of thing. Figured I could do a lot of different things, and yeah, uh, it worked out. Felt we were going to be called to foreign missions, but that that led to our our schooling path because with the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, I had to go to seminary and get a seminary degree, which meant I had to go to college mm-hmm. and have a college degree and I'd never been. So mm-hmm. uh, from 82, I started college and then on seminary and then from seminary to here. Wow. Wow. Now uh, you're very, that was very open. You know, you've, you've dealt with anxiety. Uh, I've t- my listeners know that I de- deal with anxiety. Uh, it's more episodic and everything like that. But uh, do you find, uh, do you find that being open about the things that you deal with, with your congregation, that it helps them? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does because I'm I'm pretty open about that, and, and usually it's not visible on the radio. But usually I, I sweat like a horse. Mm-hmm. You can tell when I'm anxious because I start sweating real bad, and mm-hmm. and and the more I sweat, the more I sweat because I become self conscious about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I, things like this, uh, and I'm surprised now. It's, it's not bothering me, but uh, usually things like this. Uh, going somewhere different, meeting yeah. somebody different, yep. uh, those kind of things uh, really trigger it. Preaching mm-hmm. not so much. If I teach, and I'm pretty much a teaching preacher anyway, but mm-hmm. but if I teach a class or something like that, it becomes more evident yeah. than when I preach. Yeah, isn't it interesting? The uh, I've again, I my anxiety is I would say on a scale of one to ten, I on a, on an average day, I'm mostly a one, and then uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it sneaks up on me. And then uh, I finally had to deal with it a few years ago because I would mine would escalate into panic attacks then 
and I uh, and it became very disruptive. And I thought I can't put my family through this, so we've got to we got to figure something out. So uh, the past few years, uh, I've it's been three years since I've had a panic attack, and uh, and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that there's you know it's funny. One of the things, okay, that we do all the time. If you're preaching on Sunday, you're in front of people, and evidently that's one of the things that makes people the most nervous, right? And I can honestly say that that it looks sounds like after 30 years you're used to it. I'm I'm accustomed to it. It doesn't it doesn't even raise my my uh, pulse rate. I don't think anymore. Are you are you kind of that way? Uh, yeah, I, I'm aware of it on Sunday mornings, uh, and sometimes I'm I'm pretty calm, but other times, just before I preach. Yeah. You know, I can start feeling sweat running down and realize I'm getting a little anxious about it. Yeah. Uh, but I've done other things. I worked with uh, Raceway Ministry at Kansas City Speedway mm. for about 14 years, being involved with those crowds. And mm. and uh, so I kind of adapted. I, I figured if God called me to do these kind of things, he'd get me through it. <laughs> yes. And it sounds like he is. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. The uh, What was it like then when you uh, – now, for me, I – I honestly, I did go to college and I became a teacher for a while then, but I did not want to go to seminary. I had zero interest in that. And uh, I kind of prayed, Lord, if you want me to go to seminary, you're going to have to make me want it because I don't want it. And then one day I realized, oh, well, actually, I think I, I kind of do want that. And But it, it took several years and of, of just offering a silent prayer. How hard was it for you to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to school? Uh, you know, it really wasn't hard. Once I left the railroad, when, after I surrendered to the ministry, uh, we we first thought I might go to Bible college because of my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons God led us to feel like we were called to foreign missions, mm-hmm. uh, because then as a Southern Baptist, uh, okay, to do that, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it was, you know, only my wife working, uh, it seemed, you know, I, it's something kinda, I kind of wanted to do. I wanted to go to college, mm-hmm. uh, got a degree in sociology, basically because it was night and, and I couldn't get past economics in the business, <laughs> in the I, business program. I'd never get past the math myself. But. Yeah, the, the, the economics, I, I couldn't do that. So I, so I got a degree in sociology, but just mm-hmm. so I could go on seminary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a first break. And when we come back, I want to, you mentioned something that uh, I've been asking pastors about lately, and I want to follow up on it because you mentioned you're raising the church, join the church, but it really wasn't a commitment to Christ that came until later in your life. And I want to, I want to hear that story. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Let's take a little break. It's Friendly Fire Saturday here talking to R.D. Fowler. He's the pastor at uh, Bethel Baptist. That's on A Street. We'll talk about more about that later. Uh, glad to have you along for the for the ride here on a Saturday morning, freshening up the coffee. We're just getting started here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking today with R.D. Fowler. He's the pastor at Bethel Baptist Church. Uh, I take it that it is a Southern Baptist church. Yes, Southern Baptist church. Southern Baptist church. And uh, that's over on A Street over there uh, by East High School. And uh, before the break, we were talking about, you mentioned something that I find very common. Uh, I've had several pastors in here who said, well, I was I was raised in a Christian home or I went to church or something along those lines and maybe even joined the church or was confirmed in the church. 
but came to realize at a, at a later point that I really hadn't committed myself to Jesus, to, to follow him and trust him as my savior. And uh, what was that journey like for you from a uh, 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 long time, short time? Yeah, it, it was a long time because I, di- I didn't trust Christ. I was 31 mm. uh, after my father died. Uh, before that, I, I probably would not have recognized that I wasn't a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't trusted Christ. I was baptized when I was nine because my father trusted Christ. Mm. And uh, I, looking back, I, I see that that's the reason I joined the church and, and uh, was baptized was not really because I trusted Christ, but because my father did. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when after his death, uh, just several things. We, my wife and I hadn't been in church for a long time. Uh, that's a that's a long story. Part part church when we were dating, uh, I could see her all day on Sunday uh, if I took her to church, and uh, so she was young. We started dating when she was fourteen, mm. and uh, been married fifty three years this year. What wow. years is this? Yeah, we married fifty three years, July fourth. Uh, but but for that reason, we went to church, and uh, still never clicked uh, that I haven't committed my life to Christ. Mm. Uh, and then after that, some things happened. We once we got we got married in 1970. Uh, we didn't go to church again for over 12 years. Mm. Uh, and then we we're involved in a lot of other things, drugs and, and stuff like that. Nothing really heavy that, but but we were involved in that. And, and you know, I guess the mindset was I've got a good job, I got a wife, I'm making good money. You know. I don't need this other. And uh, then after after Dad died, I think the Holy Spirit really began to work before I came to Christ. Uh, it's a matter of fact, it's a, it's a funny story, but when my dad was in the hospital in South Carolina uh, with cancer, we were we came home from Atlanta to Hartwell, little town, and going to the hospital to see him, and neither one, like I said, neither one has been in church 12 years. Hmm. And uh, I leaned over to my wife and I said, what would you say if I became a preacher? And just out of the the blue, and of course that kind of shook her. She said, what? <laughs> you know, and I said, I don't know where that came from. Just, <laughs> just forget that. I don't have any idea where that came from. Yeah. And of course the, the spirit began to, to deal with us and then things just worked out. We found this little church and, uh, the pastor came to see us on that Memorial Day in, in 1982, and and uh, from there we just, you know, things just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. We, we both, uh, that was in South Carolina, it's very hot, uh, yet I was, I had chill bumps and sweating mm-hmm. and, and all that, and mm-hmm. we both, you know, just trusted Christ. Uh, it was interesting because we'd gone to that church, and, and the pastor uh, did this evangelistic thing on Sunday and heads bowed, eyes closed. And then if you want to visit from the pastor, just raise your hand. And of course I kind of eased mine up and my wife eased hers up un- unknown to me. And then when we, we left that day, we thought, okay, now how are we going to get out of this? We both, <laughs> we, we both raised our hand. We don't want the pastor to come visit. <laughs> But he did, and, and we trusted Christ, and, and things just, you know, snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the school, I went to North Greenville, 
uh, college for a while and got some seminary extension courses there. Uh, and then when I decided what, you know, God was calling me to do, went on two years at North Greenville and transferred to Furman, got my degree at Furman University, and then from there to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. Gotcha. And then, uh, so fast forward in the story then, how did you hear about this church in Lincoln and how well, did that connection get made? Yeah, they, I began to thank God who forgot about me. I graduated in May of 91. Uh, all my classmates and my friends and folks lived around me and all had churches and going back home and uh, nothing. <laughs> you know, we're like, okay, God forgot. He's called me to seminary. He's forgot he, he put me here. And so it was six months uh, after that before I got a call from uh, the church here in Lincoln. They got my resume from the seminary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny because neither one of us knew really where Nebraska was. <laughs> My wife says, well, what, what do we know about Nebraska? I said, I know two things. Which this is the 90s. I said, they have a fantastic football team, and it snows sideways. <laughs> and she was like, snow sideways? What are you talking about? And, of course, after we moved here, with the wind and the snow, yeah. she realized exactly what I was talking about. So yeah. does snow sideways here. <laughs> the wind comes whipping down the plane. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Man, oh, man. Uh so well, Lincoln's changed a lot. We'll we'll save that for for a few minutes down the line here. So you come to you come to Bethel. Bethel then is uh, they've got them their new building on on uh, A Street. Yes. What was what were when you think back to those early days of coming from Georgia and South Carolina to Nebraska? What were some of the cultural things that that uh, that you had to kind of get adjusted to pretty quick? Well, the idea they don't have a lot of fried chicken here was. <laughs> Well, was one of the things, but, you know, the church was different. We came, and and uh, so, you know, we're used to having a Baptist church on every corner. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so that was different here. Yeah. Uh, when they showed us around when we came to visit, uh, we went downtown, parked to see the Capitol, got out of the van we were in. They left it unlocked, and so we had lived we had lived in Atlanta and then Fort Worth, Texas, and my yeah. wife was a correctional officer two yeah. different places. So that that really uh, shocked us. And I guess over the years, yeah. then especially, but Lincoln was a, a larger town that was like a small town. Yes. And uh, in a lot of ways, it still is. It's, yep. it's, it's expanding a lot since we've been here, but it's still more yeah. like a small town than it is a big city. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the hard things about as, as Lincoln grows, it's, it has a hard time readjusting its identity because yeah. it still wants to be that small town, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of things. I, you know, as Lincoln grows, I'm still trying to figure where all these people are coming from since we haven't added a lot of industry or anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but uh, is it where, where we live now, just uh, west of 84th Street? That's expanded since we, we moved out there in 99. That's just exponentially yeah. to the east there. Yeah. All that to the south of town. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first time I did a funeral here at Lincoln Memorial, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, man, this is way out of town. This is in the middle of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now it's, you know, it's right in town still. Yep. yep. Yeah, so those kind of things are, are, are different about Lincoln. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the uh, that, that whole safety factor. Uh, yeah, I grew up, we never locked our doors and we never locked cars. In fact, you leave keys in the car. And nobody, nobody cared. Now that isn't that way in town anymore. I live in, I live on an acreage, so it, it's that way on the in the country yeah. still. You know, <laughs> they're uh, they're a lot that way. Uh, so, 
the other things about Lincoln, uh, obviously, had you ever heard of such a thing called a runza before you got here? No, I hadn't. And, and we did, I think, our first visit. We went to Rock and Roll Runza, which was still yeah. open downtown. And uh, that, that was a pretty neat experience. Yeah, so. yeah. Did it seem weird? I mean, a, a cabbage and a... You know, a and a meat thing and a spicy bun thing and you know it i don't guess it seemed that much but i did i didn't like them. <laughs> my wife likes them but yeah. they've kind of you know it's a little the taste is different yes so. well it's that german czech thing uh the uh so it's so funny the uh the different ethnicities that have that that, that came here for the free land and uh, whether it's german or czech or polish or uh dutch or whatever you know there's just there's a there's a little little community. Uh, the small towns in Nebraska are, are usually pretty strongly ethnic, or at least historically. Uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, one of the things I want to talk about a little bit here is just how your church survived through COVID. And also, um, it's not easy, and I know firsthand, to stay in the same place for 30 years. So I need to, you need to give me some more secrets to keep me going a few more. <laughs> Did that sound okay? Yes, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, all right. Let's take a little break here. It's Friendly Fire Saturday here talking to R.D. Fowler. He's the pastor at Bethel Baptist, and it's great to have you along. On the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday uh, talking with... Artie Fowler, he is the Ricky David David Fowler, actually, is what I understand, right? Yes, Ricky David. That's right. Uh, Artie Fowler is the pastor at Bethel Baptist there on A Street there, uh, across from East High School in that neighborhood there. And um, we're talking about, uh, uh, again, uh, ministry and and the uniqueness of Lincoln. Uh, One of the things, you didn't just come to Lincoln, you've stayed in Lincoln, and you've stayed at one church for for three decades. Let me just say congratulations. That sounds like a long time when you say it that way. <laughs> it's well, I know firsthand. It's pretty long. Yes. And you gotta you gotta I will say this if my congregants are listening, you gotta love it to do it that long. And you gotta love the people to do it that yeah. long. If you reflect on staying in one spot for a really long time, anything comes to mind that, that like helps or has helped you be in one place for a really long time? I guess not being smart enough. To, this was my first church as well, so mm-hmm. you just not. You know, when we came, we actually thought God would leave us here for maybe five years mm-hmm. or so and get some experience and go and uh, go back home down south. Yep. Uh, but over the years, I've never felt God said, "Okay, I'm through with you there." You mm-hmm. know, you you can move on. Even even when it gets hard, and sometimes when it gets hard, you make mistakes or or things like that. You know, the first thing you think about is, okay, let's see how I can do do somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to admit, I, I've never felt that way. And the church has been gracious to allow me to make mistakes mm. uh, those first years and even, even now uh, in that way. And uh, I've tried not to be uh, authoritarian, I guess it is, mm-hmm. my way, the highway, those kind of things. I've tried not to do that. And, and depend on other people for uh, those kinds of things, and and I guess that's just uh, uh, part of the reason. I, I don't know. There's a secret. I, you know, there's not a formula. Here's eight yeah. steps to stay in 
<laughs> at a church a long time. I know yeah. when I left seminary, uh, one of my coworkers, who was not pastoring in, his father had been a bivocational pastor, but one of the things he told me was never leave before five years. He said, you can't, you can't start ministering people mm-hmm. uh, in a shorter time than that. You can't know them. Uh, they can't know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those kind of things, and and so th- that's helped. Uh, the fact the church where I was saved in South Carolina had all sorts of issues. I mean, everything you can think of going wrong in a church mm. went wrong in that church. Wow! And uh, so that kind of gave me some idea of what not to do and what you know <laughs> what to look for. And I think that those kind of things are, have helped. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, speaking of challenges, uh, COVID was a unique challenge to everybody and, uh, trying to, uh, you know, I, I haven't, I've yet to talk to a pastor who didn't say that I had a, a lot of, uh, divided opinions as to how to handle things and what to do. And, uh, and that's across the board. Uh, did you, did you experience that same thing and, and, and to what degree? Yeah, it was interesting because I was on vacation when they started shutting everything down. I'd mm. gone, I had guys lined up for three weeks, mm. and and they called and, and kept me aware of what was happening. And I said, well, you know, obviously, and we need to to do that. And I told the guy that was on the last Sunday, I said, that's okay. I'll be home, you know, a couple of weeks, and you can preach that Sunday. <laughs> you know, I'm, I have this idea this is going to be yeah. like two or three weeks. Yeah. and uh, Which we all had, by the way. And uh, and yeah. and over and it wasn't and and we were we were fortunate. Uh, we had we have an inmate ministry. We have a, a church in Florida, a retired congregation uh, that supports that ministry. And and when this came about, we thought, well, maybe there's some way we can get cameras and and put it on YouTube. Mm. Uh, this church in Florida uh, said, okay, here's here's a check. We said, they sent us a check. So mm. some guys in my church said, this is you know this is the kind of what we need to do this. Mm-hmm. And so between my, my music uh, leader and, and the guy that runs the computer uh, for ever, how long that was, and it was quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, we came in on Sunday and recorded yeah. uh, the services and put them on YouTube. We still do that. We still record them uh, every Sunday and put them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We haven't ventured into to live broadcast yet, but uh, mm-hmm. we just increased our internet speed, so we may try that. But yeah. but that that helped you know and that worked out. We have like every other church, I suppose. Our, our offerings kept up really well. But we have lost uh, quite a few people that, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, uh, sickness, uh, these kind of things, you know, yeah. haven't come back after after yeah. COVID. Uh, we have an inmate ministry. Uh, when COVID hit, uh, community corrections obviously went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the guys that were in when we had a big group. All those guys ended up being paroled or, or served their sentence out mm. before COVID was over, before the lockdown was over. And so when that happened, we had we had to start anew with that inmate ministry. Mm. Now, that means we didn't have any guys in church from there who could say, you know, you'd come to this church and that church. Yeah. And uh, so we had to start that from scratch. And uh, it's just now beginning to to kind of build up to where it was before COVID mm. uh, with guys coming. Yeah. there You are among, then among a, a very small number of churches that I'm aware of that do inmate ministry. Uh, what uh, Was that something that you started or something that you you inherited? And and what how has that impacted the life of the church? 
as a matter of fact, the inmate, George Darlington, I think you may have heard George on our yeah. show. George George yep. did that ministry in another church. Uh, and uh, I understand the other church wasn't uh, in favor of it mm-hmm. after a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, so George got in touch with Jim Irwin, who was at Christian Heritage, who did uh, ministry at the the county jail and and the state prisons and Jim said sure I'm sure my pastor will be open to that and so he called me and I said yeah and George brought I think there were maybe three guys uh, mm-hmm. that came with George that first Sunday mm-hmm. uh, and and our folks have been welcoming they were welcoming then uh, with the guys now they're still uh, just gracious it hadn't been you know it's one of those things I worry okay it's a small church how are people going to feel Mm-hmm. about this but uh, we've been very open and mm-hmm. uh, the guys seem to like coming there mm-hmm. uh it's a, it's a hard ministry and yeah. you think you've made some progress and uh and then you haven't mm-hmm. uh, guys get back into and we do have a lot of good things we do all the negatives we had to have a lot of good stories to yeah. to tell but but you're always disappointed when guys you think have made progress yeah. get back into old habits old friends old neighborhoods yeah uh, and the next thing you know they're in trouble again but yeah. but it's been good the guys their words to me is that they have felt welcome they have felt appreciated things they've never felt before mm. uh, there so it, it's been really good um, we've, well I, we've, we've enjoyed it that's very cool i mean from what i know of prison ministry again yes there are challenges but boy when when you really see god work it's 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 pretty powerful to to see somebody's life turn around. In a it is, way. and we've got former inmates. I call them alumni. We have alumni that are all over the country now, mm-hmm. uh, Florida and Wyoming and Colorado, yeah. uh, just a lot of different places that uh, still keep up. Some keep up with me. George keeps up with a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, those are always good to be able to do that. And, and we've had several guys that have stayed and and, and come to church. Uh, so that's always been good. Families uh, have attended uh, on Sunday with mm-hmm. with their inmates, and and uh, it, it's just been a good ministry. I think it's it's helped the church. It's I know it helped me. My having my wife, who has been was a correctional officer, retired now, but she did that for thirty five years mm. uh, in a in a maximum security prison in, mm. here in Lancaster County, uh, and we have had several guys that have known her. Have mm. none lately because she's been retired for a while, but. Uh, uh, actually, I think we have one guy now that, that knew her from the county. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, we were, what's this going to be like? How are they going to react to you? How are we going to react to them? Uh, and that's been good. Uh, she had a good reputation with the inmates, and, and mm-hmm. so all the guys have been really okay. I mean, oh. some some have never been in church before. Mm. Uh, and that's been, we, we have at least one guy now who's, uh, on his kite, when he asked permission to come, simply stated, "I've never been in church before." Mm. Uh, so, so we know I've only baptized a couple, but we know they they hear the gospel because yeah. I I work that in every Sunday, regardless of what I'm preaching. Yeah. Uh, so we know these guys have had seeds planted. Some are Christian, and mm-hmm. uh, some admit in their lives they've just gone astray, but they know, uh, and they're studying and and. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so that part is, is sometimes unusual. You don't think that. You think guys are in jail. Okay, they're just, you know, yeah. bad people they've never heard. Uh, but some of the guys, you know, their home lives, they have heard. Their parents 
you know, we're Christian. They, they've been in church, and they just, you know, addiction is, is a bad thing. And yeah. probably 99% uh, addictions led them to where they mm. are. Mm. Mm. Boy. Well, it's, it's, it's a rewarding ministry. We're going to take one last break, and then when we come back here, we'll do a little shameless plug. And then uh, there are just a few last questions I do have here. So it's great to have uh, R.D. Fowler. Great to get acquainted today. And you too, uh, listeners, uh, with R.D. and his church, uh, Bethel Baptist, there uh, on A Street. I'll be right back after this break. You're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking today with R.D. Fowler. He is the pastor at Bethel Baptist uh, and R.D. It is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So I say plug away. Yes, uh, Bethel Baptist Church, small Southern Baptist Church, very conservative. We're on the corner at 77th and A Street. Uh, you know, if you'd like to get involved in a church, if you're going somewhere and you're just, you know, we don't want, want to steal people from other churches. Uh, but if you're, you know, if you're not plugged in somewhere and you'd like to have a place to serve, we'd love to have you. Our service on Sunday morning uh, at 11. We have Sunday school classes at 10. Our regular service is at 11. We, uh, that's one thing we don't have since COVID. We, we don't have a Sunday night service or a Wednesday service mm. anymore. We're just not enough participation we do our wednesday prayer meeting via zoom <laughs> well there you uh, go. now so uh, but yeah we we'd love to have you we love you to be a part of it if you have an interest in in inmate ministry uh, uh you know that's a way to plug in and get uh, get involved with that if you, if you come over there yes you know was it was it matthew 25 jesus says i was in prison and you visited me yes and uh i'm thinking for most of us it's like well i've no i didn't visit you I've never, I've never really been involved, but uh, it's, uh, it's a very rewarding uh, opportunity. It is. It, yeah. I've just, we've enjoyed it greatly, and we've got a couple mm-hmm. of other folks that are, uh, that are really gotten involved with it mm-hmm. uh, over the past year, especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's become their ministry. We, we lost Jim. Jim moved to Blair, and so we, we lost him in that part. And George is. Uh, health has been bad, so we lost that connection, but we, mm-hmm. we're still maintaining that ministry pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned early in the interview, you mentioned um, growing up in Georgia and in South Carolina where there's, boy, there's a Baptist church on every corner. And, of course, Nebraska uh, is predominantly a Lutheran, Catholic, and Methodist state, and or if you go to the small towns across it, with a smattering of of Presbyterians and Baptists and Assembly of God folk and, and, and such. And now kind of a burgeoning, you know, independent Bible churches, those kind of things. Um, so what's it, what's it like being a Baptist in, in Nebraska? Well, it, it is different. I, when I first came, I had several calls with people, especially asking about Southern Baptists or are you just people from the South mm-hmm. that have congregated there? And of course they were when they, the Air Force base was open. That's how they've, yeah, you know, folks in the Air Force that were from the South yep. uh, started that, but but it is different. A lot of people are not aware of what's who Southern Baptists are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of negative press here lately, so yeah, <laughs> more yeah. people are kind of aware about that. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it was different. Uh, one of the other things that you mentioned a while ago that's different coming up here is the ethnicity. You're talking mm-hmm. about Dutch and and 
this kind of thing. That's not anything we really talk about down south. You're either from the south or you're from the north. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that battle's still going on. But you know, yeah. to ask somebody and they say, "Oh, I'm German," you know, yeah. or Russian or this kind of thing. That's yeah. so. That's that's new when people ask you, "Well, I'm from I'm from South Carolina. Where are you?" From? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's well, a different topic. It's interesting the uh and very specific too because when I uh so uh my church was a result of a merger with a uh historically uh Germans from Russia church. Mm-hmm. So notice it's not Russians and it's not Germans, it's Germans from Russia. So it's very specific and and it's just like good grief, does it really matter that much? Well, there's a Germans from Russia museum. Now, I've been know, there. Have you been there? Yes. And so it's it's like there's something about that that people they want others to know their story, you know, that this is this is really who I am in my bones. And uh and so I I think that part of it um even even for people who are from the south and are proud of being from the south, that's it's you you kind of want other people to know that this is this is who I am in my bones. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, the Germans from Russia, when we first came here, that kind of was Germans from Russia, okay. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, I, and I've had a couple of families in my church over the year that had German backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, had a family that moved away, but years ago they traced and went back to Germany mm. uh, to find relatives and— uh, and things like that could read a little out of the German Bible that they still possessed. And, yeah, yeah, uh, those kind of things. So yeah, we we when uh, the the we had a church fire in uh, 2007, and there was a uh, uh, behind the cornerstone of the building down at Ninth and D was a uh, time capsule, and so we thought we we're I don't know if you remember Al Capone's vault. You know, they're going to open up Al Capone's <laughs> vault, and it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> So we had. I think a, I watched that. <laughs> I I know I watched it. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's a yawner, but we, in, a, in a kind of similar way, we found this thing and it was sealed up. And so we're gonna have a party in the park. We're gonna open that thing up. We're gonna see what's in that box. And of course, the first thing we found out, it's all written in German. <laughs> so <laughs> none of us could read it. And so it's like, well, okay, that was a dud. Uh, but we. Uh, uh, so we got it off to some translators and then brought it back. And, and of course, the cool thing was is that, uh, that whoever the elders were back in, you know, whatever, 100 years ago, had written something to the effect of, uh, we have found peace in our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. His blood cleanses us from all our sins. And then said, till we meet in the eternal Zion. And uh Wow. It was, it was just, it blessed my heart to see that the people who'd gone before me had the same faith yeah. and uh, they were anchored to the same Jesus. Um, do you, uh, that part of the, being a part of the Southern Baptist convention, it's the largest Protestant denomination, right? It in, is. It in is. North America. Does it give you that kind of same sense of connectedness to, even though you're in Nebraska to, to your fellow SBC folk kind of across the country? A little bit. Uh, we're and actually we our our association here in Nebraska has grown quite a bit uh in the thirty years I've been here. We have quite a few churches, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist churches in Nebraska now. And uh, so that, that connection's there. Uh not like it is back home. So you mm-hmm. you have a pastor's meeting, you got about a hundred guys 
That's just within your county. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> that, that, that are there and, and the churches just down the street and this kind of yeah. stuff. But yeah. yeah, and that's where my anxiety, though, we, we talked about my anxiety. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big, that's probably why you and I have never met because I'm not a big going out to, to a place where I don't know folks yeah. to congregate with them, yeah. uh, to get to know them. Yeah. Even though I, you know, I read the books and I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but it's <laughs> well, you know me now. Yes, yes. So that's and by the way, it's one of the side benefits of this program. I get to I get to meet people. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That I wouldn't otherwise otherwise meet. Yeah. Um, well, just about a minute left. Um, just uh, so glad to build the relationship with you and and to get to know you just a little bit at least. And I look forward to finding a way to. To keep connecting. Yeah, this was great. This was this was real good. I enjoyed it. All right, you tell Johnny here. Cadillac that the, the box has been checked, and now he owes you something. That, well, I'll have to do that. That's his wrestling stage name, by the way. Oh, it is. Yes, he's a he's a ring announcer for local wrestling. I did not know that. Yes, and so that's his that's his persona, I guess you <laughs> you will. So. No, is it wrestling or wrestling? It's wrestling. Okay, that's what I just wanted to double check. It's on wrestling. That. I thought, you know, they were talking about, you know, there's a betting on sports here, and they were start, starting to start, you know, betting on yes. wrestling. It's like, well, how's that going to work? I mean, yeah, uh, that would wouldn't that be kind of weird? I don't, I don't mention that to John. That's all, you know, programmed and staged, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. It's the best kept secret. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Well, R.D., great to have you in the studio today. It was good to be here. Yeah. It really was. Well, best wishes to you and Bethel Baptist. And I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Steve.